Hi, everyone, and welcome to the Bees Knees Podcast. We're your hosts, Ben and Brittany, and if you haven't already, please download this episode. And make sure to check out the link in the description where you can find links to our Instagram and other socials. Happy listening! We like talking about movies and TV, or TV and movies, cause we're the Bees Knees, oh yeah! Recently, I saw something to do with celebrity news and people claiming that the idea of girl guy codes being a toxic ideology. Wait, you're going to sit here and tell me that the bro code is bad? Like, that's what I'm wondering. I think some of it makes sense and is there for an actual purpose of like not hurting people. And then other parts of it is just like stupid. Yeah, I agree. Like the... The really meaty bit of the bro code should be there so that you like you you protect your bros from being sad boys. Yeah. You want them to be glad boys. Right. So it's just like, hey, man, don't date my sister because that would make me be a sad boy. Right. That's a reasonable bro code. And it's just like set setting boundaries with your friends. Well, and I feel like it depends. Like that kind of thing is situational too, I think. Is because not wanting someone to date your sister because you know that they're a fuck boy and is also going to like <laughs> hurt your sister is one thing. If you're like in your 20s and you're starting to think about getting serious with someone, you're done fucking around and you're like, no, like I'm legitimately into your sister and I want to be the man that like treats her the way she deserves to be treated and all that like mature stuff yeah that I feel like that's not toxic if you were to be like no you just can't date her because she's my sister and you're my friend that that's toxic but if you're teenagers and you know that they're just messing around with your sister and like then that's bad like for everybody involved yeah it's and messy and it that that there's a reason that that code is kind of in place at that state in that stage of your life. Yeah, and I feel like it is like it's just kind of accepted that there is this universal bro code or I don't know, gal code. The, yeah, the girl code is I feel like mostly in place to not date an ex. That's mm. like the biggest thing I think like I don't I never was exposed anyway to a lot of like don't date my brother. Um, I don't know if that's as big of an issue. I, maybe I just didn't, I didn't have a lot of girlfriends, so yeah. I don't know if that I, was I feel it. like it's, ew, why would you want to date my brother? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I think that's the, that's the case too. Mostly it was like, don't date my ex. Yeah. And, I, but what I, I feel like it should, instead of this like universal thing, it should be like a, like if you're having a bro code, that's you and your friends have this kind of agreement. And like I said earlier, setting boundaries with like, maybe I'm just not comfortable with my friend dating my sister. Yeah. I don't actually have a sister. So this is all imaginary. Yeah. But it's like, maybe I'm not comfortable with that. Or maybe look, man, this breakup is too fresh. Be real cool. If you didn't try to date my ex. Yeah. Because it's fresh. Yeah. And maybe down the like, there could also be a friend who's just like, I don't care. My sister is an independent girl who can make her own decisions and like can look after herself. Right. Go fucking nuts. Yeah. See, 
I like I like how you said the thing about boundaries because I think that boundaries are important to set in any relationship, whether that's a relation like a um um a romantic relationship or if it's a friendly relationship if it's like a parent-child relationship no matter what there needs to be some boundaries set in like okay this is what I'm comfortable with this is what you're comfortable with and both of them both parties involved need to be able to respect each other's boundaries and work together to make sure that both parties feel respected and cared for at all times so if that is kind of just universally accepted in a code I don't think that that is necessarily toxic. The thing that I was reading, it was more along the lines of like, women need to empower women and build up women. And I am all for empowering women and building up women. I love women. And I've said so many times, like, I am such a hype girl. I love being a hype girl. I love building up other women. But Slay queen. Yes, I just don't think that the two are mutually exclusive because I think that in supporting your fellow gals, if they are really hurt by a breakup, then what good does it do to be like empowering and stuff to then go date her ex, right? Like if I truly care about that woman, I truly care about building her up and she also cares about building me up. What good does that do to our relationship for me to pursue a relationship with an ex? So I don't understand where it is, like where the whole idea of it being toxic is. The only thing I can think of is like if I said to a friend like, oh, you can't date him because I dated him when I was 14. (laughs) You know, like then, then yeah, okay, that's a little bit toxic and like that's kind of jealous behavior coming out and that has nothing to do. Putting restrictions for arbitrary meaning, like reasons just because yeah but like if i if i just was dating someone and was in a relationship with someone for a couple years and then we just broke up a few months ago and you're like hey i kind of like him can i go for it and i'm still not over it yet then i'd be like that's not okay with me that would really hurt my feelings and so then depending on the relationship you would imagine that that person be like okay i respect that Maybe a couple years from now, you'll be over it and it'll be in a place that I can pursue that, but not right now. And I have to respect that, right? If I respect the relationship that I have with that person, then I then am respecting their their boundary. The whole like guys and girls code should just be a pretty universal code of don't be a douche. Yeah, exactly. Respect your friends. Respect their boundaries. Don't be a douche. Yes, 100%. And I don't think (laughs) it has anything to do with not building up women women not building up women and acting out of like jealous malicious behavior i think that the two are separate and it's like it's one thing if you're a teenage girl just being catty and petty just because and if you're like an adult Mm. and can actually like have the emotional maturity to communicate these things and say like that wouldn't be okay with me and i think that that that's not toxic i think that's actually really healthy but i think it's situational I feel like the idea of it being toxic comes from it being used by people who are toxic. Yeah. And using it in their for their own benefit. Right. To benefit them and not to respect their friends and not to respect their friends' boundaries because they are being douche. Yes. So in summary, don't be douche. 
Right. Don't be douche. Follow that code and you'll be a bro. Respect your relationships and the people involved. And mm. everything's going to be cool. Mm. Know each other's boundaries. Respect it. Know your limit. Stay within it. <laughs> 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 Do you remember that commercial from like the 90s of the robot kid playing in a factory? And then he uh, he gets his arm ripped off. Yes. He's like, I can put my arm back on. You can't. War amps. Yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's just like, way to rub it in. What about the kids that are watching that don't have an arm? <laughs> I didn't. I didn't play safe. Yeah, like they it's too late for them for you to be a dick about it. Like stupid robot kid. Honestly, there are so many 90s commercials that like I think about from time to time. Um like the internet or the North American House Hippo is a yep. big one. Yeah. Um I think we've already talked about that. We've talked about a lot of 90s commercials like we talked about like the somebody get this cat off my head. Oh, I love that one. I love the uh, nobody's good at everything, but everybody's good at something. Yeah, and you've got this kid roaring like a T Rex down a hallway. <laughs> yeah, or like, Mom, he didn't cut me in half again. <laughs> yeah. My thing is bugs. <laughs> <laughs> I see it so vividly. I know, because it's because there was like five commercials that I you know. just watched over and over and over again. Or okay, uh, I'm gonna say it, and you're immediately gonna know what it is. Uh, but I just recently had it ruined for me. Um, do you, you obviously you remember the Yop commercial? Mm-hmm. Yop for when the morning comes. Yeah. I recently found out that that is not an original song for the Yop commercial. I knew that. And that it was like a like human rights empowerment song. I didn't know that it was a human rights empowerment song, but I did know that it was a song. I, I just... think it's like hope for when the morning comes and it's like, like actually like a deep, meaningful song oh. and they made it yop. They me, made mama. it yop. <laughs> <laughs> like I knew that it was I another no song. OJ, no T and no cereal. Give me yop for when the morning come. Yeah. And they were so stupid the way their mouths were. Oh, my God. Honestly, the mouth thing, it really disturbed me. I didn't like it. Did you ever go around pretending like you were doing that modulated mouth thing and just moving your lips a lot? No. No, because it creeped me out. (laughs) Like, I didn't like it. I didn't like the way the guy was like laying half off the bed with his face smushed into the floor because he had like a rough night partying or something and then and his mouth just, just starts moving yop for when the morning comes he just wants yop and i was just like this disturbs me greatly i don't know why but it does so no i did not that was one of the things i did not do was reenact that commercial um another thing that i had heard about on the radio at work this I guess it was last week now is that they're like hoping I think it was by 2025 that they are wanting to offer like dinner in space like it's just outside the earth's atmosphere it there's still a gravitational pull oh garbage it's, I want to be slurping up spaghetti in zero just gravity. Just chasing it around That's, yeah <laughs> no it, I want my slurp to propel me through Zero gravity. I feel like the point of it is one, the experience of like getting to the that area in the atmosphere and then also like the view of seeing Earth from that point while you eat dinner. But which like it sounds all like cool and fine, 
going up in a rocket has always scared the shit out of me. I don't think I would be able to do that. I don't like roller coasters. I can't imagine going that do you, fast. Do you know what they need to do? They need to offer dinner in space for every fucking flat earther. Yeah. Daddy Frank, friend of the show, former coworker, big old Papa F, sent me a TikTok video. And it was just like, this guy's got a point. And it was like a like a full three-minute video of this guy going on about how water is true level. Look at the ocean. and It's supposed to have this amount of curve for, per mile and all that, but it's a flat line. You hold a level up, and it's pretty good at finding level. And you're going to tell me it curves? What do we know about water? Water is liquid, and it fits its container. Well... Look at all the water on Earth. But if it's a ball, how is it being held? Where's the container? And it's just like, I don't want to live on this planet. <laughs> like, I made a fairly insensitive joke about, like, not wanting to live with these people. Like, the amount of stupidity. Mm-hmm. But sometimes I get overwhelmed at how many grotesquely stupid people there are in the world. I know. And there's, on many fronts, there's yeah. like flat earthers, there's intolerance, there's all the isms. Like, I'm baffled at how in this, the year of our Lord 2023. Yeah. There are so many people who just refuse science and evidence and fact and reason yep and i just want them all to go to space and see that it is a fucking ball so that they can (laughs) they can be like oh yeah shit i was wrong wasn't i they would still they would be like that's not they would no they would go up into space they would be all like part of the whole experience and they would look at it and be like, that's a hologram or something. Like, you're you're just, you're manipulating These my vision. These windows are screens, aren't they? And this, you're just this playing is, a, a yeah, video. Yeah, they, <laughs> they would have something like that. That they would convince themselves that what they were seeing was not real. Man, like, there are a lot of conspiracy theories I can get behind. Like the one I was telling you earlier today about the the Royal Guard fake hands. Yes. Probably true. <laughs> um, but... It gets Jeffrey to a point. Epstein didn't kill himself. Yeah, like that's not a conspiracy theory. That is just like a well-educated guess. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it gets to a point where it's just like, okay, this has gone beyond reason of a like a theory and gone straight into lunacy. Mm-hmm. And I hate that it's just like whenever I want to have fun thinking about these weird things that might happen. Yeah. Like on TikTok, if I'm looking at conspiracy theories and just looking at these fun things where it's just like, oh, Elvis is still alive and this and just like <laughs> just genuine like non hurtful things. Yeah. Because it's just stupid, but it's like for the sake of being stupid. Yeah. But like maybe. Uh, but then it, it takes like – TikTok, I'm reading these things, and then all of a sudden, it's just flat earth theory and like garbage. Garbage. And it's just like sometimes giving people platforms is not a good thing mm-hmm. because the amount of views that this video that I was sent yeah. had 
that most of them are probably not ironic. Probably not. And it hurts my soul. So just first of all, I don't think that they'll just be giving flat earthers flat earthers flat earthers a free ride because it's supposed to cost like $200,000 a person. Oh my god. So like only the people that can afford crazy shit anyway and like can probably go to space now can afford to go and have dinner in space when it becomes a thing. But your conspiracy theory thing got me remembering of a time that I saw some wild theory. Okay, go Probably on on TikTok too. I don't remember. But so we've all heard that Walt Disney is frozen and he's going to be like reborn when the technology is available yeah. he's gonna be on un- he's gonna be thawed i was gonna say unfrozen he's gonna be thawed and brought back to life <laughs> yeah in the year 3050 we're gonna have just like this raging anti-semite walt disney ruining yes. his his empire yeah so that has already that's pretty well known but this thing that i saw was that the movie frozen was titled frozen instead of like the ice queen or whatever it was gonna yeah. be called so that when you Google Walt Disney Frozen, you don't get all of the hidden information that was starting Ooh. to become leaked to the public. Like, I guess that there was a um, a whistleblower or something within the high ups at Disney okay. that had all this information and was going to leak it. So they quickly renamed frozen to be frozen so that it would (laughs) and that's why it's apparently so big when everybody well not everybody but a lot of people share our opinion that like it's a good movie but it's not as good as all the hype that happened Mm. is because disney went hard on the marketing and everything for it see that's a fun one because like if it's true and like if walt disney is frozen when he died there's no way they had the technology to please no. <laughs> him in a capacity where he could come back to life later on. Yeah. And if he's frozen, he's just a cold dude in a freezer <laughs> zone. Like, that doesn't hurt anybody. If it turns out to be true, so fucking what? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's the good kind. That's the good one. Keep those ones. Do more of those. I just thought it was so... Because the more that it was going and the like further down the rabbit hole I got, I was just like... You know what? <laughs> Maybe this makes sense. And and that's the the thing, like the good ones, where it's reasonably, I could say maybe. Yeah. And it's not just like, nah, that's bullshit or something like that. Or you would have to be an idiot to believe this. It's just like, the yeah, the reason the thing that sold me was just like that gave reason to why they went so hard on the frozen propaganda. Mm. over any other thing that they had done in the 2000s yeah frozen is like disney's new cinderella like when cinderella came it was like she was the poster princess for disney and And then now it's elsa and so i was like why like i felt that princess and the frog and tangled which were released around the same time were much better stories I felt watching yeah. them. I felt that the songs were better. Mm-hmm. And I know that that... Princess and the Frog... Slapped. Freaking, like, it rips so hard. It's so good. 
And so then when I like all this hype was happening about Frozen, I was like went to watch it. And it could be one of those situations where I like my expectations were risen too high. I just think that it's a very mediocre movie. But then they're like, that's why is because they really want the only thing to pop up in Google when you when you type in Disney Frozen is going to be Elsa (laughs) and Olaf. So I was like, you know what? This explains a lot of things. (laughs) I mean, an argument could be said for when Elsa builds her ice palace Mm -hmm. and she changes her dress and she (gasps) has that sexy little walk. Yeah. Like, I I feel like that's reason enough for it to be big. Oh, my God. Sexy Elsa walk. Just like a... Strutting her way on over to you. Do to do. Just a middle-aged thirst trap for a ice queen. Just a thirst trap for the parents halfway through and it only lasts for about like four seconds yeah but like give it all the give it all the glory (laughs) this is the best (laughs) plus she's not 16 so it's like it's fine for me to say this (laughs) is it though yes because she's not she's still a cartoon well yeah but so she go and you know <laughs> <laughs> who's also how old we've had this conversation she's like in too. her 30s yeah <laughs> or miss bellamy from top of girls you can't even see your head you don't need to <laughs> <laughs> i knew as soon as i said that that that's what you were gonna say not looking anyway <laughs> <laughs> okay anyway this week <laughs> yes we Watched a couple things. I think I want to start with Promising Young Woman. Okay. Because that's a movie that I've been wanting to watch for a long time. I didn't really know anything about it, to be honest. I knew that when it came out, people were like, oh, it's such a great film. Yeah. I knew that it won awards. Um, Pretty uh, spectacular star-studded cast. Yes. and But I didn't really know anything about the story at all. So I was going into it blind and I kind of thought that it was going to be very like kind of slow build, very dramatic piece. And it wasn't. I was actually really surprised at the pacing of it and how funny. Usually when something says dark comedy, Mm -hmm. I find that it really isn't that comedic. (laughs) And I feel like that that comes because comedy we often think means laughing all the way. Yeah. But it's like when you think of comedy in like the theater, mm-hmm. pretty sure a comedy as opposed to a tragedy is just something that doesn't have like a funeral in it. <laughs> it's like no one has died. This is a comedy. Yeah. Whether it's funny or not, it's just like it is a. I don't know. I guess like a neutral drama. Yeah. But like this isn't theater though. And like when you have the extensive amount of genres and movies that there are to call something a dark comedy when there isn't any amount of humor in it, I find is kind of misleading. Like there have been a few things that we've watched which are categorized as dark (sighs) comedy drama. Yeah. There was that one with John Krasinski and he's got the sick mom that dies. And it's just like 
this is not funny. Just I, because you got Jim from The Office in it yeah. does not mean you can call it a comedy and make me cry. Yeah, there was like two funny lines in the whole thing. And then the rest was just me crying on the couch. Exactly. It was very sad. And I was like, those two jokes do not make it a dark comedy, I don't feel. So anytime something says dark comedy, I get kind of like, I'm like, is it actually going to be funny or is this going to break my heart? <laughs> and you prepare yourself for a broken heart but hoping maybe for a little laugh yes exactly so when this was labeled as dark comedy i didn't really know what to expect with that and it was also a thriller which kind of mm. threw me because it's like those are weird combinations like they're just things that you think wouldn't go together but then end up going together yeah and um it's like it's like pickles and ice cream <laughs> I know I don't I don't personally I'm about to get up and walk (laughs) I'm get. I've left the room I've seen people say like try pregnancy cravings and I've seen people like say that it's actually not that bad I'm not trying it it's the salty and sweet thing but anyway it's something that you don't really expect to work as well together as it does and in this movie given the subject matter of like sexual assault rape those kinds of things it had moments where it was very heartwarming and funny and like genuinely connected with the audience. And those are things that I didn't really expect going into it. Yeah. I uh I liked it because it was paced well. I a lot of uh dramatic movies, they kind of have these big lulls yeah. where it's just kind of like we have all this stuff to push the plot forward, but it's not really exciting. Mm-hmm. And I get very bored. Yeah. I didn't really have it with them with promising young woman. Mm-hmm. Um, I had no idea what to expect. I was just going off of the title and I was just like, this is going to be the story of like a girl who's down on her luck, but she's got great potential and she's going to do something with it. You know, I and kind of, it wasn't. No, I kind of thought that it was going to have a similar vibe as like, um, as Pretty Woman. Mm. So I thought it was going to be something along those lines, but it wasn't at all. And I think the the things that I enjoyed most about the movie was how you saw her kind of dealing in such an unhealthy way to her trauma kind of being a vigilante and trying to oh just with the most reckless abandon going after these men to like scare them out of being such fucking predators yes and just the the lack of consideration for how in she was endangering herself yeah because i think she was aware i think she she just just didn't didn't care. care and it was just I don't know. There was something about that that just got to me. And then, so we're going to be getting into spoilers now. It's an older movie, so it is what it is. suck it the fuck up. (laughs) Um, When she starts dating Bo Burnham's character, and they're going out, and they're having fun, they're falling in love, and she's got, like, this guarded heart. She lets go of the toxic behavior of, like, trying to scare men She's moving on with her life and we're like, oh, this is so nice to see. And like you're laughing with them. You feel like a third wheel in their relationship and we're all just having a fun time. Yeah. And there's like the fun one liners where like he says like that he's going to buy her a bike now because 
she said that she might be falling in love with him too and it's just like stupid humor that yeah, is like actually like, really was, funny i was like did i miss a line where she was just like man i wish i had a bike it's like no that was just something he said it's like oh i think i love you too oh i'm, I'm so happy i'm gonna buy you a bike it's like who the fuck says that that's hilarious and then there was another time that she was saying something I don't know if it was like self-deprecating or if it was like maybe doubting something. And she was, he was, she, blah, blah, blah. he was just like, shut up, bitch. Like, yeah, shut up, you stupid bitch. <laughs> like, again, it's like, I don't know. Maybe some people wouldn't find that funny and like maybe find it disrespectful in the relationship. I think it depends on the dynamic. I feel like with their dynamic, it worked. It worked really like- well. And honestly, situationally. If you, if we were talking, joking around, you said, shut up, stupid bitch, I would die laughing. <laughs> so it's like those moments where it's like, this is hilarious and this is really nice to see. And then it all comes crashing mm, down yep. when she finds out that he's just another fucking asshole that was part of the whole rape that happened to her friend. And it's just like the betrayal of that and just like... I don't know. It was just, it was, it was sucky to see. Yeah. And like in the end, she succeeded in her goal of, I guess, like avenging her friend's right. death. Um, At the cost of her own life. Yeah. She didn't succeed in life. Uh, you know, like not dying. And like her poor parents, they were like so hopeful because they, like that line that her dad says about like we loved your friend like they were friends since they were yeah, kids. Yeah, she was like a daughter to us. We miss her, but, but we, we really missed, missed you more. You. Yeah. And then as soon as Clancy Brown was feeling good, they're just like, "Screw you, Mr. Krabs." Yeah. You, you you're gonna miss her again. Right. And it's just like it was really tragic. Which again. This kind of movie, that's the ending you kind of expect. But because of the way it was going, I was hopeful for something else. I was hopeful she was going to take them down and then still be able to live on and move past all the like trauma and maybe learn to love someone who wasn't a dickhole. See, when it had that kind of like heel turn of, oh, Bo Burnham is also bad. Yeah. Um, I thought it was going to have her take down the the group of guys and then once that was done, just go right back into proving how all guys are awful and predators. Mm. Because she thought it was different and then was proven wrong. In, right. And like, I guess, proven right in her trauma. Um, and then just go right back into that like vigilante. Yeah. Uh, acting like I'm drunk. And like, I, I thought that's how it was going to end. How it's still not a happy ending. Yeah. But like, you know, at least she'd be there doing it. Right. But no, in the end, she was. See, these dramas always end. Someone major is going to die. And I think with these types of movies, you kind of expect it to be the main character. But the way that they played everything out made me really hopeful that it wasn't going to be her. Yeah. And just how smart she was throughout the whole thing and i like every time i thought i knew what she was doing i was mm-hmm. wrong like <laughs> with allison Bree's character yeah i thought that she actually paid someone to sexually assault her 
Like, I thought that she actually got her drunk to admit that she didn't care enough back then and that like, oh, guys will be guys kind of attitude and then kind of be like, well, this will teach you. Here, have it happen to you. And I thought, that's cold. That's dark. Like, that's real bad. Only then to later find out that's not what she did. She only wanted to make her think that. Mm -hmm. Right? She only wanted her character to think that she was raped. Yeah. And like, can you imagine the mental torment that would put on someone not knowing? And so it's like, I think that's the point. Yeah. But it was just... And and then it's just like... Uh, getting the uh, the dean's daughter, yeah, and saying like, "Oh, she's in a room full of uh, college boys now." Yeah, and you're just like, "Holy fuck! What a twist!" And it's like she's actually sitting alone in a diner waiting for her favorite band. Yeah, you think I would really do that? Yeah, because it's just like she's saying all this stuff, and people are just like, "Yeah, people are the worst. People do this awful stuff," and she's just like. Yep, yeah, no, not me. I'm just making you realize that people do awful stuff. Yeah. And it hurts when it's somebody you care about. Right. And I just, I, like, I never knew what was going on. And yeah. I really liked that. Because it's not very often in a movie that you, now at least I find, because whether the story is kind of the same as some other movie or, like, they tend to all follow the same kind of general pathway of yeah story, right? So it's like there's not very often that you have a movie that really makes you think one way just to find out that it's the other way. And it's constantly doing that, but it's not annoying about it. Yeah. You know, it's not just like, ha we tricked you. <laughs> and it makes absolutely no sense. Like it made sense. And yeah. it was like a good fun, like, oh, thank you for tricking me. But then also I'm sad now. <laughs> <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. Um. Yeah, I I think it was a it was a good movie. Uh because of the genre, it's just like it's one of those movies you can't watch again cuz you just already know what happens. Yeah. Um so I feel like that's the worst part about the thriller genre is once you know yeah, the twists and turns, you're just like, "Well, that's that. That's that, and I'm never going to enjoy that the same way again." Mhm. But uh it was good. It's worth a watch if you haven't. Um, we also watched the second adaptation of uh, Candy Montgomery. Yes. Uh, Love and Death. Because it has Elizabeth Olsen in it. Yeah. See, yeah. So Elizabeth Olsen is in it. So obviously I was like, we got to watch it. And really, I don't think that if anyone else had been cast as Candy Montgomery, that it would be as popular as it is. I I fully agree with that because she is like hot off Marvel buzz and is like a pretty like big name actor right now. Everybody loves her. Yeah. Everybody loves her. So I think that I just, I don't understand why there are two like docudramas yeah about candy montgomery like i get that like the whole affair aspect to it this like lovable church going like housewife with this like structured yeah well thought out affair yeah it seemed like that's good content for like a drama show and like it's fun to watch but also 
there already was one. Like Jessica yes. Biel did one candy. Not that long ago. No. Like I remember like I want to say 2021. Yeah, I'm I'm going to quickly google it. So I can't like when I first saw that it was coming out, I, I instantly was like, why? And then I was like, well, I'm going to watch it because I want to see what the differences are. Candy came out in 2022. So, so it's, it's been a year. Yeah. They had to have been like in production, like overlapping at some points. Because like I just don't I I don't understand why. And like I put myself in the position of people who are like wanting to make money. It's juicy gossip. They know it's going to sell. Like it's sad to say because it's based off of true events. Yeah. But that's that's the realistic side of it. Is they're like this is a money maker because there's an affair that led to a murder. It's someone that was like completely unexpected by the community. So we're going to we're going to tell this story and we're going to make tons of money off of it. And the first time we watched Candy with Jessica Biel, I was obviously interested in it the whole time and even then I was like it was very back and forth on like well was it really self-defense was it not was it premeditated was it not and I I haven't researched the case enough to make a fully like educated guess but strictly based off of the portrayal of the show I was not convinced that it was a hundred percent in self-defense I am 0% convinced it was in self-defense. The only thing that got me that it might be self-defense in the slightest was that she was injured, but that could have been a defensive wound from Betty. Mm -hmm. So now we're watching Elizabeth Olsen's candy and kind of looking at the comparisons. We haven't gotten gotten very far in the show. We haven't even gotten as far as what is available to us yet. Yeah, we're two episodes in. And there's been quite a few overlapping scenes like the the volleyball scene there's the first interaction in the in the vehicles when they're when she's proposing the affair um there's the hotel rooms which some of them overlap a bit and it seems like generally jessica beale's candy and her show was more portraying her as the sole pursuer right she went out she was like i'm gonna have an affair with this man and i'm gonna pursue him i'm gonna make a move on him i'm gonna make all the advancements i'm gonna do all this and that in elizabeth olsen's candy and her proposal like she does approach him it is her idea but in this one he kisses her not the other way around so it's showing kind of a mutual yeah exploration instead of just like hey do you want to do this and him just being like and then she kisses him and And then it's just like like, okay because we're doing this yeah this one it seems like he's on the fence but then he still is very tempted and then goes for it and so there's a lot more back and forth and kind of maybe more emotional turmoil on candy's part because it wasn't just definitively no jessica beale's candy is also kind of portrayed as like very direct i'm having this i'm getting this i'm kind of i'm overly organized i have everything my way i'm the the organizer of all these different events like i'm the go-to gal yeah elizabeth olsen's portrayal is very similar she is very much at the top she is very much orchestrating all these different events but she's a lot softer 
Yeah. She's a lot more approachable and even in in, her... In general, appealing. Yes. And like they didn't give her like the full actual candy hairdo. They made her a little bit more... Elizabeth olsen Yes. (laughs) And in her approach to... What's his name? What's Uh, Montgomery's... Betty's husband's name? I forget it. Betty's husband. Okay. When she approaches him, she's very much like, oh, yeah, like, I don't want to hurt Betty. That's the last thing on my mind. She's very soft and gentle, and she actually seems to put others above herself, whereas the Jessica... Al. I was going to say Alex, (laughs) and I was like, I don't think that's it, but okay, so Al. And... Jessica Beale's very more like much more like well this is what I want and like are you gonna give it to me or not yeah. yeah right and she's just like oh well like I'm I'm attracted to you and I just I wanted to say that because I I wanted to stop thinking about it and and now it's out there and I have it off my chest but like of course I don't want to hurt Betty either and mm. like she's very just gentle and like even talking to him about his life and like where he's at she's very attentive and like empathetic to what he's going Mm -hmm. through and and just very kind and so that i feel like makes puts her in a position in this portrayal to make her seem like well of course she didn't do something like murder on purpose Mm -hmm. you know it already kind of puts her in that position of like well she's so likable she's so she's so nice she's so kind she's so gentle yeah and like i said i don't buy at all that it was self-defense because one there's the quantity yeah um but like it seems pretty straightforward um with how she was the one who could call it off but then when he wanted to call it off she's like you're now gonna come to me and call it off yeah it's like she's very possessive of him Mm -hmm. and then she like he calls it off to go be with his wife and like i am convinced she got jealous saw her as a threat and eliminated the threat yeah and was just like you are only doing this because you were like i'm afraid i'm fa- i'm i don't love her anymore mm-hmm. so you didn't love her anymore i got rid of her for you so you can be with me right yeah see i i like how I think based off of what I do know about the true events is that everybody did really like Candy Montgomery. Everybody thought that she was very sweet. She was very personable. She had the best house. She did go about making all the best food. Like she was a hostess. She loved doing those things. Hostess with mostess. And she loved organizing the events at the church. And she loved just taking care of like the kids. She liked being a caregiver and she liked that people needed her but it wasn't it wasn't at least seemingly in a manipulative way which Jessica Biel's character seemed to be very much like oh I'll I'll scratch your back if you scratch mine or like I need you to like I'll do this thing but only if I can get this from you in return kind of thing whereas I think that based off what I know of the actual story and the actual candy is that it seems like her personality was a lot more soft like Elizabeth Olsen's portrayal and I think it is really interesting to watch her be so soft and gentle but then as you said when he goes to be like oh well I don't know if we should really be doing this anymore how quickly she's just like in that like no 
we're not calling it off. What do you mean? No, of course yeah, not. You don't get to call it off with me. Yeah. And then in her talking to her friends, it's just like, I made him. He didn't even know how to French kiss before me. He didn't know how to do this. He, like, I turned him into the lover that he is. And now Betty gets to enjoy him? Like, I don't think so. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So, like, it's scenes like that, which I don't know how true they are or dramatized they are. Mm-hmm. But when I see it on the screen, I'm like, oh, clearly she is jealous and is, like, it's not an accident. Right. It is not self-defense. It's... I am jealous and I am going to eliminate this obstacle for me, but also this obstacle from that's in his way of being, being with, with me. me. So yeah, the the things that I know about the actual murder event is that... This is like a comic book movie for me. How I'm like, okay, so now, yeah, here's the things I know from the comics. And you're just like, now here's the things I know from the real murder. Yeah, okay. So <laughs> this is what I know. She hit Betty with the axe 41 times. Fucking hell. She immediately left and cleaned up. She didn't tell anybody. She didn't call the cops. Nothing. She had had the eldest daughter, which I can't remember her name, Betty's oldest daughter, with her. She was going to take her to swimming lessons, all this stuff. She went back to the house to get something for this. I don't know if it was her bathing suit or what it was, but something for the swim event. And then this whole incident happened she left the house went home showered got herself cleaned up went back to social events when people asked her like al called her and asked her like i can't get a hold of betty have you seen betty she says no like i don't know anything um and then when she's caught then it's like well it was self-defense she found out about our affair and she came at me but it's like and then that's that's all I really know. I didn't watch or read anything about the trial. I don't really know much more about any more evidence. Um, we know that Betty had a lot of mental health issues. Like she had a lot of postpartum depression, anxiety, stuff like that. So that, especially in the time that it was, didn't play out well for her. Because she had publicly had some meltdowns. People knew she wasn't mentally stable. So it was easy in that time with the lack of knowledge and acceptance of mental health issues to pin her as like, well, she was crazy and she came at me kind of thing. They like labeled yeah. her and, and there was that stigma. So I think that that played into it a lot. The things that I don't understand is like if someone comes at you with an axe and you somehow get that axe from them and you hit them, I would say like even once, but since they're fairly petite women, maybe they didn't hit very hard or didn't hit in a very, you know, yeah. good spot. I don't know. The second they stop. Yeah, I would say two you? hits with a blunt object like an axe that would immobilize them enough to get yourself to safety. If it was actually a threat, self-defense situation. Like, I don't know, maybe she claimed like emotions came over me and I was like so afraid that I just kept going. I kept going, kept going. But it's like, this is your friend. This isn't just some random man that came and attacked you out of nowhere and you were fighting for your life. Yeah. Like, this is your friend who you are watching her kid and her baby is in that house, which you just left there Hmm. without any care because you had just killed the mother because you hit her 41 times. Right? Yeah. Like, that doesn't seem to me like a self-defense thing. 
the lying, the lack of like getting any sort of help. The truly, if it was self defense, she would have hit her enough to incapacitate her, Mm -hmm. freaked out, and then called the cops and been like, I was picking up my friend's daughter's bathing suit. Then she told me she knew about mine and her husband's affair, Mm -hmm. attacked me. Yeah. And I defended myself and I think she might be dead. Yeah. But no, she she left the baby. She went about her day as if nothing had happened. She lied. And that's the thing. Like, it's depicted in the show. She went about it like nobody would have known that this woman just killed somebody. Yeah. Like, people said, like, she was a little shaken up. She was a little off. Like, people asked, like, oh, are you okay? And, like, she dismissed it somehow. But... The fact that, like, her intent was to go about the rest of her day. Yeah. When, like I said, like, this was her friend. And I don't know about you, but, like, one, I couldn't kill a person. Like, I'm sure everybody says that. I would hope everybody says that. <laughs> but, like, that's, a that's like, a really freaky thing to do. And, like, if you were in the situation where you were kind of, like, forced to kill someone, you would think that you would be so overcome with all kinds of extreme yeah. emotion Listen, that you would do something i feel like i could if they were threatening my family i would you know defend my family but like if i get into an argument with my boss yeah my blood pressure spikes i start tearing up a little bit like i'm an emotional guy yeah so it's just like if i just had to defend myself and i had to kill somebody i would like if me having a heated discussion with my boss makes me cry there's no way i could go about my day normally i would be distraught yeah yeah that i just don't understand how it all works out that way and then like there's the two shows it'll be interesting to see when it gets to that point how this show portrays like the trial and stuff like that but i think it's very much like what you said about she was eliminating something she viewed as a problem because she wanted to be with al and i think that she had kind of hoped that betty's murder would have been dismissed as some like freak incident and there's a wild axe murderer out on the loose and that he would come to her for sympathy because she had always been there and that would just be like the natural thing that he would do is go to her. Yeah. And obviously, if she took the baby, if she did anything to care for the baby or indicate that she was there in any way, that would already kind of turn him away from her. Yeah. So she like twisted person. Yeah, I agree. I, I, I won't ever really understand the need for two of these shows i kind of wish that the elizabeth olsen one was the only one yeah because and at the time i didn't realize like i thought that jessica beale did a good job i thought that that show was good i thought that you know it yeah. the pacing was good the whole thing was good but then now that i have elizabeth olsen in that now that role, we have a better version of it yeah it's just like oh but now we have two and that seems unnecessary Plus- What's uh, porn stash's name? Pablo Schreiber, I think. I don't know. Um, he 
was the affair man mm-hmm. in the original. Honestly, I think he's too handsome. Yeah, he is. He's well because in the volleyball scene with Jessica Biel's character, she's just watching him play and she's like ad like admiring his muscles and like the sweat and all that stuff and it's very like played up like she's sexually attracted to him because well, of that and because like it's sexy <laughs> yeah and it's like a physical thing whereas like in elizabeth olsen's it was like a, an accident she got bumped over and he helped her up and she said that he smelled like sex yeah which like i don't really know what that means to just like have they weren't really that close to each other and from the sounds of it, him and Betty weren't ha- well. They were having. I think she sex, means like he, his like male pheromones or something. Yeah, like, it's just like the smell of him was arousing. Yes. So that's kind of what piqued her interest, and like. And then she's also just like, look at him. He's not very fallen lovable. Yes. So she's just like, I can do this. It's like a no strings attached. Like mutual destruction if anyone finds out. So we're both, yeah, wanting to keep it a secret. Um, but then she did start to fall because he's an actually deep guy. Yeah, and then well, and her husband attached. doesn't. Her husband doesn't pay attention to her. That's the whole thing. Like any time she tried to have any sort of connection with him watch tv with him anything he was very just like and like what, what a here? shame because when he was mowing the lawn in them short shorts <laughs> it's just like dang look at that guy and then like she's elizabeth olsen yeah so it's just like you had a good thing if you were just like a better dude yeah like sitting there blowing out your trumpet spit valve at the ew that kitchen was so table. gross you're nasty <laughs> like when you as a guy with an attractive wife. Oh, thank you. If I'm sitting there watching TV and you just come strutting on in and are like, hey, how's it going? And I'm just like, shut up. I'm watching my <laughs> my, my late night comedy show. <laughs> like, what the fuck? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And like again, I don't know. I don't know where this information's coming from. Like, did she write a book or something? Like, probably. I don't know. But like, just the overlaps. It seems like they've got to be getting this information from somewhere. Maybe it came up in trial. I don't know. My guess is she wrote a book, sold the rights to whoever she could. Yeah. The fact that there are two of them, like, I'm confused as to how that happens. But like, whatever. Right. But I'm enjoying this one. And like you said, I'm like I like it a lot better than the first one, um, and that's probably just because I like Elizabeth Olsen. Yeah, she's very talented. I feel like just about anybody who has been like a major player in the Marvel universe, mm-hmm. like anytime they're in something else, it's just like, ooh, let's go see, let's watch this movie with Anthony Mackie in it. Let's watch this thing with. Tom Holland in it. Let's watch right. this thing with anybody else who is in the Marvel universe. Yeah. So it's just like. Right. Yeah. And like I it's all over TikTok. Like that's how I knew that it was a thing was because mm-hmm. of TikTok because people are just like 
going crazy. They're like, oh, Lizzie does it again. And um, and like showing these clips of like, oh, my gosh, her acting. Wow. Can you believe this woman? She's incredible. And so I'm just like, wait, they, they made another one? Why? But OK, well, let's do that. <laughs> and right now, I feel like there are so many shows that we are watching or need to watch and they're not even necessarily new like yellow jackets for example i know a new season just came out but we're still trying to catch up on the the last season like the first season yep too many uh like premium drama shows and like sweet tooth just came out and we haven't even touched that yet there's this and then i just end up being like there's so much stuff right now that I guess I'm just going to have to watch New Girl again (laughs) because I'm just feeling really overwhelmed right now and I just have to watch Nick and Jess's first kiss because, oh, man, that was something (laughs) that will never get old for me. And uh, I'm just like, yeah, this is my comfort place. I'll just watch this and be in my own little la-la land. And I don't care what anybody says. I'm just going to make this clear right now, my stance. I personally like Nick physically more than schmidt and you are very schmidt is better than nick we all have our types and that's okay okay well i very much like nick i think i've said before like i wanted to know which one of nick's girlfriend i would be and i think that i would be a jess but apparently buzzfeed disagrees that's not the point the point is that (laughs) There's a lot of stuff right now, and (laughs) I feel very overwhelmed with the shows. And there's also Guardians that just came out, which we won't be seeing for a while because we are not doing the whole theater thing again. No, it... But I've heard it's so good. Yeah, which makes me excited for what the DC universe with James Gunn spearheading it Mm -hmm. is going to be like. Uh, I have a feeling it's going to be a lot more planned out and not just, I made a Superman movie. Do something else. And not just like... I made Aquaman. It had... It it was okay. Their writer room is just full of (laughs) (laughs) 10-year-olds. And then a Pots and Pans robot came. Which, like... Sorry, I know I'm like bouncing around real quick with all the different topics. We're coming to an end. So I just have a few things that I want to like get out there before we're like, all right, peace out for a week. Um, With the whole writer's strike thing that's Mm -hmm. happening. Stranger Things is delayed. Yep. Found that out today. Just wanted to. I said room full of (laughs) 10 year old writers reminded me of the strike. Reminded me of Stranger Things. So there's a whole lot of stuff that is on hold Mm -hmm. or delayed there's a shocking amount of stuff that is continuing and that's like that's disgusting because you're either going to continue it like do you remember that show uh, heroes had like hayden penitere in it and it's just like some people who had like powers and stuff not really okay well it i feel like i tried to rewatch it not that long ago maybe like two or three years ago and super didn't hold up but Mm -hmm. like it starts out as like a decent like young adult like drama series and then 
I don't remember what season it was, but it just completely shit the bed and it killed the entire run of it. And then it ended up getting canceled. And that's because it was a show that tried to continue during that writer's strike that happened like, I don't know, maybe 2010. I don't know. But all these shows that are continuing through the writer's strike, one, like, how fucking dare you disrespect the people who make all these good shows happen? Yeah. By being like, whatever, we don't need them, we'll go on. Yeah. Plus, you are going to fucking tank all of your IP. Yeah. You're going to have shows that completely shit the bed, that just get awful because you don't have trained writers. Yeah. See, the thing is, is that people people don't understand how inc- like incredible of a skill and a talent it is to write. I know. They think that like anybody can write, which I I don't disagree with, but I don't agree with. There are some people that spend a lot of time writing and it's it's just like any other skill. You have to practice it a lot. You have to receive a lot of criticism. You have to develop it. And not anybody that just picks up a pencil can just write a masterpiece. There are the odd people that pick up, like start writing a novel and it becomes like a best-selling thing. That doesn't mean it's necessarily good. It just means that it it did a good job at targeting the audience that it's targeted for. I'm looking at Stephanie Meyer right now when I say this. Okay. It doesn't mean that it's good. Was I a twihard in high school? Yes. Am I willing to admit now as an adult that that was shit? Yes. That was like a once in a lifetime kind of situation. (laughs) Most of the time, to be a good writer, you have to write a lot of shit things before you get to that point where it's like, this is really good. The people that write these episodes and write these shows and movies, that it takes a lot of time and practice to get them to where they're at, right? It's not like the first draft is the one that gets shot. Yeah. You know, it takes a lot of reworking. And I don't think people understand the amount of work and effort and uh, mixed with the talent. Yes. Like those things go so well together with these like successful and worthwhile watching shows and movies. Yeah. So all this to say... Tune in next week while we talk about the Twilight series. No, you tried to make me watch it and I was like, I can't. I'm too embarrassed at my past self. I'm just like, I will know every single word. I will know everything that's happening. And I am not willing to let myself embarrass myself that much. All right. So make sure you at Brittany and say, please, 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 please rewatch the Twilight series. While you're doing that, tell us what your favorite 90s or early aughts cartoon, like commercial was. Um, Commercials aren't really a thing anymore. So like the older, the better. And uh, was it self-defense? Thank you so much for joining us this week at the Bees Knees podcast. And if you haven't already, please download this episode. We will talk to you next week.